by the breath of your spirit, inspire us so that as we listen for your word, we may be filled with new understanding and fresh desire to praise you in everything we do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at this point of the service, usually you hear a little scripture followed by a lot of preaching. But today, well, today we'll reverse that ratio so that we can hear more of the story of what happened to Jesus leading to his death on the cross. This story and the story of Easter are central to our faith. They're the bedrock stories. They're more than stories because they tell us who God is, who we are, and how God loves us. Before our gospel reading commences toward the end of Luke 22, on Thursday, Jesus is arrested and is brought to the home of a high priest where he's interrogated. Then he's taken before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea. As we read, listen for the three charges that are made and listen for Pilate's three verdicts. Then Jesus is taken before Herod Atavas, ruler of Galilee. And guess what his verdict will be? But first, Jesus is taken before the group of 70 scribes and rabbis and Pharisees and so on. They sit in a semicircle so they can all see each other. This is essentially the religious supreme court of that time. It was called the Sanhedrin. And the chief priest was its head. Listen now for the word of God as we read from Luke 22, starting at the 66th verse. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, gathered together, and they brought him to their council. They said, if you are the Messiah, tell us. He replied, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I answer you, if I question you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. All of them asked, are you then the Son of God? He said to them, you say that I am. Then they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it for ourselves from his own lips. Well, actually, you see, they heard it from their own lips. They're the ones that said it. But you see, they were questioning Jesus to get him to say something, anything, that would let them bring him up on charges. And now they believe they have him. So here come the three charges in the 23rd chapter. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man, one, perverting our nation to forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor and three seeing that he himself is the messiah a king notice that before the high priest the charge was religious but before Pilate the three charges are political the Roman governor is not really concerned with their religious disputes but political charges those will get his attention. Nevertheless, 
Pilate asked only about the third charge. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priest and the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. But they were insistent and said, He stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea from Galilee where he began even to this place. So Pilate finds no evidence against Jesus, but people put pressure on him and he finds himself the way out. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was from a Galilean and when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priest and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him. Even Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then he put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people and said to them, you brought me this man as one who is perverting the people, and here I have examined him in your presence and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. So that's the second verdict of innocence. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he's done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. So there's another verdict of innocence. But Herod still has him flogged. And then here comes the mob. They all shouted out together, away with this fellow, release Barabbas for us. This was a man who, that is Barabbas who has been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again. But they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified. And their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Now, wouldn't you think they would get one of Jesus' big, strong, strapping fishermen disciples, you know, like Simon Peter? Get him to carry the cross. Oh, but remember, the disciples had all run away in fear for their lives. Well, a great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. 
But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children, for the days are surely coming. When they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed, then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? You see, in all this dismal injustice, the only people who cried were the women. And Jesus told them, don't cry for me, but for yourselves. And he prophesied awful times for Jerusalem, which would come about within a generation as Jerusalem was destroyed by the mighty Roman army. Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, for he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? Since you're under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, surely today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus crying with a loud voice said, Father into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for the spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So where are we in this story? Where are you and I? Are we like Pontius, Pilate, and Herod, Antipas, knowing that injustice is being done but letting the voice of the mob prevail? Are we like the disciples of Jesus, walking with him in good times but running away with more fear than faith when things get rough. 
Are we like Herod, interested in Jesus, but only as a curiosity, easily mocked and dismissed as being of no importance? Are we like one of the two criminals being crucified the same day? Both guilty, one mocking Jesus while the other pleads, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know, in the Old Testament, we have the story of creation, the promises of the covenants, the guidance of the law, such as the Ten Commandments, and the prophecies of the Messiah. And in the New Testament, we have the stories of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the beginning of God's church. In our lives, each one of us has had saints whose example we seek to follow. And each of us, each of us has had a life journey filled with unique challenges and unique blessings. So let me ask you a question. What further testimony do we need? Thanks be to God. Well, usually at this point in the service, I would say, you know, let's stand and stand together and use the ancient words of the Apostles' Creed to say what we believe. But today we'll use the words of the letter to the Philippians as our confession of faith. It's on an insert in your bulletin. Stand with me, if you will, and let us read that together. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. God's Spirit is poured out upon us to make our hearts strong with love and bold with praise, so that we may proclaim God's Son Jesus right here and to the ends of the earth. Now may the glory of God fill you with praise. The beauty of Christ strengthened you in service, and the power of the Holy Spirit filled you with peace.